Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippets. I'm the founder and CEO of Advantage Strength in Ann Arbor, Michigan. At Advantage Strength, we help people between the ages of 35 and 65 to live more, play more, and feel stronger than ever before so that they can stay active with their family and friends and get back to doing the things that they love to do. The Fit Life Formula podcast is a show specifically for the members of Advantage Strength. These are questions that come up quite a bit in the gym, and so you know, we wanted to offer a way to answer some of these questions as well as go into some other topics too. So the Fit Life Formula, if, you, if you're new to the show, the Fit Life Formula is 3-2-1. Three days of something you love to do, uh, move, something that goes through large ranges of motion, something that brings your heart rate up above yeah, above a, like a walking pace. Um, so that's the three. Two days per week of strength training, and then one workout that just sucks, that, that challenges you, that brings your heart rate up to where you're hands on your knees, exhausted by the end of it. Um, and so the formula itself really only addresses the movement part of having a, a fit life. So it's called the fit life formula, but really we're only talking about the movement part. Now, obviously, there are going to be parts of a fit life that are not just movement related. There are other pieces of the puzzle that need to be in place. So, um, you know, we, we'll be talking a lot about things like mindset, uh, which we've done in the past. We'll be talking about uh, nutrition, which is kind of what today is about, or, you know, proper sleep habits, all these things that come together to help you live a happier, healthier life. Um, we're going to tackle on this show. So today is uh, more like more or less a nutrition topic. Okay, we're going to be talking about the problem with counting calories. And calorie counting over the years has become sort of a go-to diet method. And, um, you know, everything is sort of based on how many calories a day do I need. And we hear a lot uh, from our members, you know, when they first come in, they, they maybe they're on an 1800 or a 1600 or a 1200 calorie a day diet. Um, and basically what that is, 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 well, it's sort of labor intensive, uh, doing a lot of math while you're putting your meals together for the week. Um, but essentially what it is, is an approximation of energy balance. So if you know how many calories it takes to operate your body on a given day, um, so you can figure this out. There's an equation that you can use that uses, uh, your height, your weight, your muscle mass, um, all those things, takes all of those into play. We have a, a scale at Advantage that gives us that readout. We get body fat percentage, we get uh, muscle mass, and we're also getting your, your basal metabolic rate, which is basically as many, the, the number of calories you would burn if you woke up in bed and turned on the TV and laid there all day. And so, you know, that gives you sort of an approximation of how many calories you burn in a day outside of all of your daily activities. And so calorie counting became this way of just being a little bit more mindful or, or being aware of energy balance, which is the name of the game if you're trying to lose weight. Uh, you need to take in less energy than you expend. And so that's really what it boils down to in the simplest terms for, for weight loss. Now, calorie counting has been the way to do that over the last, you know, I would say several decades with food scales and um, you know, calorie charts and apps now that, that calculate all your total calories for the, the day. But we're going to talk about a few things that might uh, point at 
maybe a better way, or at the very least, an easier way to do this that's just as effective uh, in you know thousands of weight loss clients. And so first, let's talk about the problem with count with counting calories. If it's been if it's worked for so many people, what could possibly be wrong with this? There's a couple things. The errors that can occur on the calories in sides, the, the calories you consume. We're going to talk about errors on the calories out side, and then we'll talk about sort of what the issues are, you know, within the calorie itself. So first thing to know is that a, a calorie isn't necessarily just a calorie, you know, and I think we can all agree that, you know, 100 calories of apple is more beneficial to your health than 100 calories of Oreo cookie. But if we're just looking at uh, calories in versus calories out, then those two things are going to look exactly the same. So that's one thing, you know, calories come with different nutrition components. And I'm a big proponent, I think we need to start looking, and this is probably a separate episode, but I think we need to start looking at diet in terms of not how much you're consuming, but the quality of the food that you're consuming, the, the nutritional density of the food that you're eating. Again, that's for another show, but um, it's worth bringing up. Uh, a calorie is not just a calorie. Plus, people digest different uh, foods at different rates. Some people don't digest certain foods at all. Uh, and so when you look at the numbers on the package, we can't necessarily know if, that, if those are the numbers that are going to occur in our body. So maybe that 100-calorie 100, 100 Oreo reacts very differently in my body than it would in your body. So this is this basically introduces a lot of error into the equation. And on the on the calories inside, speaking of error, uh, labels like food labels can by law be up to 20% off. 20% off. So that 100 calorie pack that you're eating might be 120 calories uh, and it would still be okay by law, to label it that way. And so that may seem like a, a tiny thing, but let's say each meal of the, of the day, uh, you're going to be eating, you know, maybe 500 calories in a meal, and 20% of that is going to be an extra 100 calories, right? So if you, if you do everything by the book, and you measure things, and you, you weigh it, and uh, you know that this particular thing you're eating is, let's say the whole meal, you know is exactly 500 calories based on what you read on the nutrition label. You might actually be getting 600 calories out of that. And if you have that much error on that one meal, if you do that every day for a year, that's a weight gain of 10 pounds over the course of the year. And so you can see how just an error in labeling, even if you think you're doing everything exactly right, by the book to a T, you've measured everything to the gram, even if you've done that and you've put that kind of time and effort into it, you may still gain 10 pounds over the course of a year just by adding that extra 100 calories every day. And there's a really good chance that, A, people aren't taking that much care in, you know, uh, measuring the amount of food that they're eating and B that they're usually underestimating. So like a lot of times people will say, Oh, I had a half a cup of rice when really it might be more like a cup of rice. So people tend to really underestimate the calories that they take in, in the first place. Plus that, uh, potential error 
on the labeling side, you could find yourself with a whole bunch of weight gain, even if you feel like you're doing things just exactly by the book. On the calories outside, you know, measuring how many calories we've burned, I would say even the the piece of equipment we have is called an in-body scanner. And basically, because it can measure muscle mass, it's able to measure a person's energy expenditure during the day because muscle is really active tissue and they know how much it takes to sort of power a certain amount of muscle. So they just assume that, uh, you know, that's your energy expenditure for the day. Uh, the problem with that is, you know, is really the machine itself is the measurements are really dependent on your own hydration status. So I've been, uh, well, I won't, I don't need to use the numbers, but I've been, um, up to 8% difference in body fat, uh, which is like a hundred percent swing from my normal body fat. So the difference in hydration status or the dif- the difference in each readout is significant, right? And so it really depends on how hydrated you are and how, you know, maybe time of day has something to do with it. Definitely uh, cycle stuff becomes an issue for women. Um, and so we get very different readings there. So we can't necessarily take that as our real basal metabolic rate. I think a lot of times too, people take the reading from their Apple Watch or the treadmill at the gym as, you know, as true. I don't think we can put that much faith in the technology that we have um, because, you know, especially the the treadmill at the gym, you, it, you know, you put your hands on and it tells you, uh, or you squeeze it and it tells you your heart rate, which I suppose is easy enough to figure out, but then also your calories burned. I don't, I don't understand how uh, it can do that. I know that for a fact that it cannot, it needs more information than that. So we can't necessarily take that as true on the calories outside. So there's just so much error on both sides of the equation. Number one, on the calories inside where your body might process calories differently. The calories on the label may not even be correct in the first place. Uh, Combine that with the fact that we really kind of stink at measuring food and, and being accurate at measuring food. And then you combine those, that, all of that error with the error on the calories outside, uh, you know, that we don't necessarily know how many calories we're burning. People's bodies don't necessarily uh, function in the same. Some people run really hot. It's like some people uh, have a much higher metabolism, usually based on, you know, larger muscle mass. But, you know, uh, uh, not everyone is going to process calories in the same way. So you can see like with so many variables and so many factors that can be an issue or that can affect the final outcome of this calorie counting, it just, there's a ton of noise and there's just not a great way to to get all that noise out of there so that you can have a correct readout. So to put all the time and effort into counting calories may not be worth it for you. Now you might say that there are people who have had a ton of success just starting, um, you know, um, my fitness pal or whatever calorie counting or or food tracking, food logging app that uh, they use. Some people have had a ton of success with that, but I would argue that that's not necessarily based on them knowing the actual calories in, calories out uh, equation, but the fact that it just brings more mindfulness to the portion sizes, what you're eating, um, you know, 
sometimes when you have to log everything, it's not worth having that extra snack or that extra handful of chips before you go to bed. And over time, those little wins add up. So I would say that the the people who've had success with like a fitness app are really having more success because they're now thinking about the portion sizes. They're thinking more about, you know, do I need this extra snack? Um, they're thinking about if I eat this, I'm going to have to record it. It's not even worth the trouble. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of times they've started, yes, they're counting calories, but at the same time, it's really more about the mindfulness. And uh, that's where that victory comes from. So maybe you're using a food log, maybe you're using a, a fitness tracker to track all of your meals. Um, but if you are breaking out a food scale to put your meals together for the week, let me introduce you to a simpler way, a way that's going to make your life so much easier. Because Ultimately, when it comes down to it, it's just energy in versus energy out. And obviously, the other pieces of the puzzle have to be in place. We have to be taking care of proper nutrition. Um, but if we're meeting our nutrition needs, then it just boils down to being calories in and calories out. Ultimately, if you're meeting your nutritional needs, your body operates better anyway. Um, so it's, it's uh, to your benefit to make sure that nutritional needs are, needs are being met by eating quality food. Um, and then... Once those needs are met and you're eating meals that are, that are well-balanced, which we'll talk about here in a second, there's a much easier way to control your portion sizes, and that is to use your hand as a measuring tool. I think this is uh, pretty popular at this point. Uh, there's a lot of, um, I, I'm personally, I'm precision nutrition uh, certified, so I have my certification through a company called Precision Nutrition, which is pretty much the foremost um, coaching company. They coach their own clients. They also certified, certify professionals like myself. Um, and it's, it's uh, pretty much the most intensive nutrition curriculum out there aside from you know going through two years uh, or four years of a nutrition degree. So they've been teaching this for a long time and had a ton of success. Literally thousands of clients have had a, a ton of success with this. And it's really based more on the simple practice of using your hand as a measuring tool. And here's how it goes. Uh, the portion sizes become not in grams or calories, but you look at protein-dense foods like lean meat, fish, uh, legumes, any sort of you know, vegetarian option. You look at those and you, you're looking for a palm-sized serving. So look at the size of your palm, minus your fingers, minus your thumb. You look at the size of your palm, sort of that inner part, and that's going to be your size of protein. Uh, it's one for women and two for men. And for all of these uh, things that I'm going to mention, it is one for women typically per meal. One, uh, a portion size would be one palm size uh, serving of protein. And for men, it's going to be two. Okay, so palm size serving of, of protein. Next, cupped handful of carbs. So if you held, uh, for ladies, if you held your hand out and you took that pot of uh, grain or wild rice or whatever it is, and you poured it into your hand, whatever stayed in your hand after you're done pouring, that's your serving of carbohydrate. So I think this is the one that sort of shocks people, and it's quite a bit less than what you would think of as like a pasta dinner or you know, the, the, the carbohydrate servings that we've gotten used to. And so there you're cutting back quite a bit, just sticking with that portion size, but it's super easy to do. 
Next one is a fist size serving of veggies. So if you if you took a fist and you set it on your plate, that is going to be the size of the veggies on your plate. Now that's going to be, you know, if if you have a raw salad, that's not that much. If you have uh, cooked greens like spinach or something like that, that's a ton. All right. So that's why it's important is to mix it up some raw, some cooked, some, uh, you know, lots of different cooking methods to, to cook or prepare your veggies. Um, but basically we're looking for overall a fist sized serving of veggies. Now, again, guys, that's two fists for you. So that's a big old pile of veggies on your plate. Uh, the last one that we're going to talk about is a thumb of fat. Like if you were to, uh, you know, think of your thumb as hollow, if you filled it up with olive oil or uh, walnuts, walnut oil or walnuts, even, um, any sort of like high fat source, the size of your thumb is about what you're going to be looking for. So for ladies, it's one. For guys, it's two. But really, that's what we're going to be thinking about as we put our meals together. There's a few benefits to this. Number one, it's so easy to eyeball. There's no measuring. There's no weighing. There's no math to do. You just eyeball it, and you're good. You're good to go. It's portable. Your hand travels with you everywhere most of the time, all the time, unless something catastrophic happens. Um, so it's portable. You can take it with you. You don't have to, you know, do the whole song and dance, pulling out a scale at, at a restaurant, anything like that. Um, the last, the last benefit here is that it is scalable. So I am a taller human being, and um, therefore I have bigger hands. So I eat more, right? So People who are bigger tend to have bigger hands, so their serving sizes are going to be bigger. People who are smaller in stature are going to have smaller hands, so their serving sizes tend to be smaller, which would match the energy demands of that body. So there's so many things here, and it's almost too simple to get on board with, but if you give it a try, the, the way we track progress, the way we see if this is working or not is... You ask yourself, after about two weeks of doing this, three meals a day, uh, looking at or, or paying attention to the serving sizes, uh, using your hand as a measuring tool, look at that and think, is this working? Am I feeling better? Do I feel like I'm really deprived of anything? Do I feel, uh, am I losing weight? Do I feel leaner? Are my clothes fitting differently? And you'll know after three, two, three, four weeks uh, if what you're doing is working. If you decide it is not working, it may it'll be worth taking a look at. You might be someone who who doesn't process carbs well, or who doesn't, uh, or who ends up taking a lot of calories from carbohydrates. So maybe you cut your carbohydrate intake in half. Um, maybe you feel like you know you don't need that much fat, or you don't need that much protein. You can always adjust from there. Like you can always cut some of it down. But if you are sort of being mindful of it being mindful of your serving sizes, being aware of the results that it's bringing you. If you can be consistent enough for two, three, four weeks, you'll start to notice changes. And usually these changes are going to be in the positive direction just because you're starting to be a little bit more mindful of your serving sizes. And so that's a simple way for you to control your portion sizes uh, and get away from calorie counting. If you feel like that's just a major chore, um, hopefully I've shed enough light on the error that comes with calorie counting, not only on the, on the calories inside, but also on the calories outside. 
but you can use your hand as a measuring tool and have a ton of success that way. I'd love to hear from you on this. If, if you have had success with calorie counting, send me an email at brian at advantagestrength.com. That's brian with an I. And uh, let me know what you think the best part of, of calorie counting. Like I said, if it's working for you, keep doing it. Um, but there's a much simpler way. There are a lot of people who have not had success by counting calories. Uh, hopefully I've shed some light on the reasons for that, but also um, given you a, a really simple way that you can get back on the portion control train and get things under control and get yourself moving in the right direction. So until next time, guys, be sure to follow the Fit Life formula. That's three days a week of something you love to do, two days a week of strength training, and one workout that just sucks. We'll talk to you next week.